word that God gave to me as I was praying and seeking for 2021. You can take it for what you want if you want to say it's a prophetic word. You just want to say God speaks to his people. He speaks to his people through all kinds of ways. He spoke to me as I was praying. I've been praying for several weeks specifically asking God, give us, give us vision as a church for 2021. I know that we're making disciples. I know that we're preaching your gospel. I know that we're praying. But God, let us, let us angle it. Let us know where to put it. Let us know what you're doing. I would so much rather be in a place where I'm saying, God, what are you doing? And I go take my efforts over there. Than be in a place where I'm saying, God, this is what I'm doing. Would you please put your efforts over here? A lot of times that's what we do. We're like, God, don't you see how hard I'm working? Sprinkle some dust over here, God. It's like, I ain't got no dust. All I got is the Holy Spirit. And he's going this way and you're going that way. Do you want me to tell him to go a different way? I think not. And he spoke to me and he said, there's a shift happening. There's a shift happening. And I don't know how God speaks to you, if he speaks to you through people or, or through his word. I pointed to this because I have the scripture pulled up on my laptop. This is not a Bible. It's a MacBook. I do have a Bible. I don't know how he speaks to you. A lot of times he speaks to me in different ways, but a lot of times he speaks right into my spirit.
begged somebody else to come to church, who came to church and found Jesus, who begged somebody else to come to church and found Jesus, and hopefully there will be someone sitting right here in a couple weeks. My title for tonight, if you're taking notes, I hope that you are. I believe God wants to speak to you, not because of what I have to say, but because His Holy Spirit is so active. sweet friends. Chris is here. Hey, Chris, what's going on? If you wear a cowboy hat, two things. One, you stand out. You got to be pointed out. Two, you're a man. Don't fight Chris. You'll get lost in his beard. If Chris got up here and laid on his stomach, started wiggling his legs, nope. You're like, I came to the wrong church. What am I doing here? Not worth it. Whatever I came for, not worth it. I don't want this. It's weird. But when a baby does it, it's cute. You know why? He's a baby. 
In church, the problem is, I'm, when I say church, I don't mean the organization of church. I mean the people of God. You know that if you're here. In church, the problem is we're celebrating 30-year-olds laying on their tummy, kicking their feet around, spiritually speaking. Look at you. Oh, my gosh. You're so, oh, you showed up to church. Oh, man. Look at you. You didn't cheat on your wife. Great job, man. Look at you. You have a Bible somewhere in your house. We celebrate. You volunteered. I love when people volunteer. Go volunteer all over the place. It's great. Give your time, your talents, your treasures, all of it. But we're celebrating it in the church like the Super Bowl has been won. And all they're doing is laying on their stomach breathing. I want to celebrate people, don't get me wrong. I love to celebrate people. But I want to celebrate spiritual adults acting like spiritual adults. That's what I want to celebrate. Not because I have decided that's a good thing, but because the word of God that I read decided that it's a good thing. So my goal tonight in our short time is to help many of us break free from elementary Christianity. If you've been a Christian for a year or six months, then you're a baby Christian. And you're still figuring it out. And you don't know the depths of God's love yet. Like someone who's 20, sorry, someone who's been a Christian for 20 years know the depths of God's love. And no one's going to beat you up about that. And if you accepted Christ tonight and you go out there and you light up a joint in the parking lot, I'm not going to come beat you up. Because I know some things don't just fall off of you when you start following Jesus. I know I'm not the only Christian that all the sins and all the addictions and all the past didn't just stop right then because my eternity was now aimed towards heaven. I know I'm not the only one. But have you been following, have you been following Jesus for five years, two years? He's writing to Christians who have been following Jesus between three and five years. That's who he's writing to. So let's just use that. I don't want to put a cap. I don't know the cap. I don't, I'm not judging people's eternity here. But, but this is the frame of reference. He's writing this to a people that have been Christians for between three and five years. And that's you, and you're in that place. You know what he's saying? It's time to grow up. The good news is, I know if you're a Christian, you've been wanting to grow up. To break free and receive that harvest rain we were just reading about. You know what babies do? Is they get oftentimes more excited about the box the toy comes in than the box. You know? You give a kid like this. R RC, like remote control car. He stayed up all night building it for him. He handed it to him. He said, oh, a box. They get more excited about the tissue paper for a second than they do with the actual toy that's in there. You know what babies do? They just take anything that they can and try to put it in their mouth. So do baby Christians too. So just around 
groping for whatever they can find on social media, whatever they can find in any relationship, whatever they can find at their job and around friends and anything they can find, they're just taking it and just putting it in their mouth. Yeah, I'll take that, boom. This is what babies do. So when we see this in the church, we need to help our brothers and sisters stop being babies and grow up, not in meanness, in love. If there's a shift happening in the kingdom and in the church, if God wants to do something different, something further, something more, if he wants to see his church awoken, if he wants to see more people come to transformation in him than ever before, is that going to happen by us doing the same things we did in 2020? Complaining about isolation and arguing about whether or not we can do certain things? Posting our political views as if we're so smart anyways? Is if we know, if you thought for a second that you were going to be president, you're rethinking it now. You're hoping the call of God is on you now because you realize you almost can't win. Because all the baby Christians are around sharing their opinions because we know so much. We're so educated. So Hebrews writes in chapter 5, I'll give you a second to turn there. Hebrews, the coffee book. Get it? Hebrews. Praise God. Chapter 5, verse 11. Hey, man, I'm a dad. Dad jokes. For Christmas, I got 14 t shirts that have dad jokes on them. Get ready. They're, they're unbearable. One of them has a bear on it that says that. So. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. About this, I have much to say to you, but it's hard for me to explain. Since you have become so dull of hearing. Yikes, ouch. What is the about this he's talking about? He's talking about how Jesus was fully God and fully man. He was talking about the relationship between God the Father and God the Son. He was talking about how Jesus is superior to everything. Angels, the law, Moses, any covenant, any earthly tabernacle church, that Jesus is better than all. And that there is judgment for the world in regards to their sins. That's what he was talking about. If you've been in church for six, seven months, you should know those things. But what he's writing is he's saying... I want to tell you more about these things, but I can't because you can't handle it, verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. You know what I learned is in pondering it, being a baby Christian is not about your lack of knowledge. It's about your lack of action in regards to the knowledge that you do have. Because you can have so much knowledge and not live for Jesus. You can have been in church for two decades, three decades, four decades. You can have stood on the stage and preached a message about Jesus and not... Live in action for Jesus. 
So being a better Christian doesn't mean you're in the dark and you don't know anything. It's about what you can act on, what you are acting on, what you are doing with the knowledge that you have. There's some people that will have such a small knowledge of who God is. They will not have an opportunity to be educated. They may have one. I, I, I remember visiting a place in, in Africa, and their Bible that they had at the church they were in was two pages. That's what they had. They had two pages. So, of course, we had Bibles with us, so we were giving them to them. Their minds were blown because what they had, they knew it wasn't the whole Bible, but they only had two pages. And the reason they only had two pages is because they had a whole Bible, but all the churches needed the Bible. And so they tore pages out of the Bible, and they passed them around to all the different churches and different villages. So they were left with two pages because they had given them out. But they were living on the two pages. Maybe that's what we ought to do. Tear one page out of our Bible, give the rest of the Bible to someone else who actually use it, and then focus on the one page. I love you. That's why I'm being real. I'm speaking to my heart. I'm speaking to yours. I'm speaking to God's church. For everyone who lives on verse 13, same chapter, everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. Doesn't mean they don't know it. They're not skilled in it since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Point number one, discern the good. Discern the good. Discernment isn't just knowing. It says those who are mature, they don't just know good from evil. They have discerned what is good and what is evil. They have distinguished the difference. So when something evil is on TV, I don't say, oh, it's not a big deal. That's just, that's just the language of the show. No, they just... They just show things like that. It's fine. Oh, no, it's fine. I just, I, I don't partake in what happens, but I do go. No, no, I, I know that they're not a Christian, but, but I can date them. Oh, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> you, you, you thought that it was cheating. It wasn't cheating. It was just flirting, man. No, I'm there for my kids. I'm home every Saturday for three hours. It's discernment between good and evil, and discernment would mean that it's, it, it's not just known, but it's traveled from mind to heart. That now I can act on what I know is good versus what is evil instead of, like many baby Christians in the church, just taking whatever I can find, whatever word, whatever preaching, whatever thing, just taking it and putting it in my mouth. Getting an appetite for it. My dog does that. You want to be like my dog? No. He has a good life, though. Better than many other dogs. I tell him all the time. Bro, I say, bro, you have a good life. Cherish it. You don't understand. Anyone else could have got you. They would not be treating you as good as me. I'm kind-hearted. I feed you. 
almost all the time. <laughs> he comes in, and he's got these little flappy jaws just kind of hang. They're real cute and ugly at the same time. You don't know what's in there because you don't know what he was putting in his mouth outside. The other day, he brought a pipe in, PVC pipe. Where did this come from? Do I need this? Was water or anything else necessary to my house running through this? I don't know. House is still working. You never know what he's going to bring in because anything he finds, he will put in his mouth. If you're standing at the kitchen counter and you take, take pebbles, like pebbles, rocks, and you start throwing them up in the air towards him, he'll eat them. Doesn't care. No cares. Is that a grape? Is that a piece of meat? Is that a stick? Firecracker? Doesn't matter. See how much I love him. I treat him well. I still give him food. Regardless, he'll eat anything. Don't be like him. When he comes in, I have to get a little rag and just kind of catch him. Because he'll just get it all over you. Nobody wants that. I wonder if this is what we do in the church. We're like so ready for the people who come in just with everything on their mouth. Because we know they've been out there doing whatever they want to do. Who knows what. Here they come in and so we're just ready to just catch them. We don't teach them what to do. We don't show them what to do. We just wipe it off so it doesn't affect us and we just move on. Discern good from evil. I hope that you will. The best way to do it is to get in God's word. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22 is a verse that I love. It says, flee youthful passions. That means there are passions that are youthful that should be fleed. Without discernment, how do we know which ones they are? So we don't flee anything. We're just there with everything. Everything's going on. We're like, oh, yeah, this is cool, man. That's cool. Everything's cool. Everything's good. Some things are not good. Some things are not for the believer. Some things are not for the mature believer that were for the baby believer. And there's no hate. Babies can do things and get away with them. Adults cannot. God's word continues on. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Starting in verse 1. Through verse 3. It's going to be on the screen. I'll give you a second to find it. I want to give you two marks in this passage of a baby Christian to help us. It says this in verse 1. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people. See the trend here. But instead as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ... I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now are not yet ready. For you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? And then he goes on to describe their meaningless arguments they have. Oh, the person was this, person was that. Who do you follow? Where do you go? Second point out of three that I want you to take is a person who is longing to be mature in their faith learns to be satisfied. 
learns to be satisfied. It says that they're jealous. As long as there's jealousy among you. I looked up jealousy. I looked up antonyms to jealousy. You know what the opposites of jealousy are? Calm, confident, satisfied, content. You see someone else has something, you want it. What are you not? Satisfied. You're like living your life. You're so happy. You're like, praise God, he's good. I went to church tonight. I'm feeling on the up and up this week, man. I'm going to share, I'm gonna share with, with Bob at my, at my work about Jesus. You walk out, you see someone else got a new car, and you're like, oh, man, I hate them. They got a new car. Not allowed because that's so dumb, right? But inside. Oh, man, I had a new car. They don't even deserve a new car. If I had a new car, you know what I would be doing? You see someone, man, how did they, how did they get get free from anxiety, and I got all this anxiety on me. I'm just so frustrated. They don't deserve that. They don't know how long I've been praying and asking God to work. They don't know how long I've been praying. You know what? They just, they just over here, people just accepting Christ. You don't know how long I've been praying for my family to come to know Jesus. Instead of satisfied with where he has you. You can be satisfied with where God has you and still seeking him. It doesn't mean you stopped and you've done nothing. It means you're not jealous of what he's doing in someone else's life. Who cares what kind of car they drive or what kind of house they live in? That's not your car. That's not your house. If you like it, be friends with them. We got to learn to be satisfied. We're always getting our feathers ruffled up. And we're so quickly getting discontent with what God has done in our life. He hasn't made us like them. He hasn't made us smarter or better. I learned you can be doing all the right things the wrong way. With a jealous spirit, it's really easy to do that. The second thing it says there in the text is it talks about strife. The third and final point is a mature person in their faith learns to operate in peace. Operate in peace. The world is full of discord and dysfunction and chaos. Not that God is full of chaos. The world is full of chaos. God is full of order. It says in his word that there is a peace that surpasses all knowledge. And we as Christians, mature Christians, can have access to that peace. We can also have access to the strife that the devil has. He's handing it out for free. He wants you to partake in the strife and dysfunction. That is why it is everywhere for you to find. That is why all over the place you go and you see strife, 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 and you don't know what it is. And, and if lost people are going to live like that and non-Christians are going to make terrible shows like that and, and, and share that stuff and they're going to they're run, run for office like that and they're going to be a boss like that and they're going to run their families like that, it's okay. They're, they're lost. My job is to pray for them and to win them by how found I am. Not to argue with them until they change their mind. I'm not going to win that. Let the Holy Ghost do that work. But when Christians are living like that, what's going on? They're supposed to know us by our love. They're supposed to know us by our grace. They're supposed to know us by our mercy. Why? Because Jesus has all grace and all mercy and all peace. And we are to be like him. She knows, praise him. 
We've got to learn to operate in peace. And the best way to operate in peace is to put our mind grounded in peace. If you don't know where to go for that, go to God's word. I would encourage you, though, to evaluate which kind of people you're around. Because it's hard to be grounded in peace and continue to choose to surround yourself with strife. You don't get to choose everybody that you hang out with, but you get to choose some of the people you hang out with. You get to choose some of the people you think about. You get to choose some of the people you message. And if all of them are full of strife, well, you're making your choice. But you get around some people that are filled with peace and watch it begin to bubble over onto your life. Watch it begin to shift your mindset. Watch even in the midst of being up all night, hard days, low pay, losing jobs, car breaks down, friends abandon you, whatever it may be, that your peace was still there. A peace that I can't explain with my words, but it's in my heart. And I'll try to explain it to you, but really the only I can explain it to you is by talking to you about Jesus, because he is the peace. Let me recap really quick. The first mark of a mature Christian, someone who is longing to be more mature in their faith, is that they discern the good. The second thing is that they learn to be satisfied. The third thing is that they operate in peace. I do my daily stretches most every day. You don't do your daily stretches? That's fine with me. But... In 10 years, I'm going to be able to beat my son in almost every athletic sport. I'll be 40. And then 10 years after that, when he's 20, I'll be 50. I have to remind him again and at least put up a good fight. If not win, get close, you know. Give him some bows. Use the old man's strength, whatever it takes. So i got to do my stretches to stay, stay fit. What I realized about 10 days ago is for, for the last several months... I've been doing my stretches wrong. I've been kind of fake stretching on my legs. I thought I was stretching. I was taking the time to stretch, but no actual stretching, profitable work was being done. So day after day, I'm doing these stretches and I'm feeling great. I'm like, man, I'm feeling great. But I realized I'm doing them wrong. And as soon as I realized it, I started doing them right. And I'm like, oh man, this hurts. What is going on? I've been doing these stretches for several weeks. What's up? I'm crying out. I'm waking up the baby crying out in pain during my stretches. <laughs> my wife's like, shh. Don't wake the baby. We're whispering. We don't even need to whisper sometimes. We're just whispering. We're in the room. We're whispering. The baby's in the other room. Baby monitor's going. Sound machine is going. We're whispering. I'm like, why are we whispering? We've been whispering all day for no reason. Maybe it's kind of sexy. Give my pillow back. <laughs> it's sexy talk. That's pillow talk right there. I want my pillow back. Give it to me. It fits my neck right. I'm doing my stretches wrong. I'm going through the motion. I'm doing them. I'm taking, the, I'm taking all the effort, and it's wrong. I don't want that for your spiritual life. If you want to stretch wrong, that's fine. Stretch wrong. You can still make it to eternity. But... If you spend every single week going in and out of the doors of the church, 
and I don't at least point you in the direction and help read God's word that you might hear it and avail might be lifted off and you might realize that oh, this whole time you've been doing it wrong? You thought that Christians could live in strife and in jealousy and not worrying about discerning what is good? You thought we could stay baby Christians? You didn't know that we had to grow up? What service would I be doing you? What service would the church of God be doing you? So I encourage you this week, as I call the band up, I encourage you this week to think about it. Am I good at discerning good versus evil? Do I need to grow in my discernment? Can I tell a difference between jealousy and contentment in my own life? I know I can in someone else's. Am I staying a baby Christian or am I growing up?